I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around. And the rumpus and ruckus are actually comfortable now. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. So I got an apartment across from the park. Put quinona in my fridge. Still, I'm not feeling grown. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking, you know what? It's time to go out with a bang, bang, bang. And Gent and Frankie, I am ready to put it on the NFL and bang those books this week in week three of the National Football League. It's good to be back with you guys. You know, it's been a while, and here we are all back again. I think we speak for everybody out there in saying that it's nice to have sports back. I don't know about you guys, but I had, I've been having a blast the past two weekends watching the NFL again. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, the you know the start of the season is always fun, and it's especially fun when you have games like we've seen and and guys kind of emerging and the injuries in in the second week were just kind of staggering for a lot of teams. Oh. All the fantasy football guys out there, think about the running backs that have gone down: Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey, uh, Indianapolis, Marlon Mack went down for the oh, year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys, and they're not just gone for a game or two. They're gone for a while. Barkley's out for the year. McCaffrey's gone for six weeks, maybe. And, you know, some big names. Bosa went down for I San Francisco. I was just going to say, you, you know, know, shift over side of the ball there. How yeah. people with the San Francisco's defense feeling? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, huge blow for them. And a really interesting story about the field conditions in Jersey – at the Meadowlands, or whatever you want to call it, MetLife Stadium, the Niners were saying that they felt that those injuries were due to bad turf at MetLife mm. Stadium. And ironically, they've got to come back to New York this week to play the Giants after playing the Jets. And so they get to play on that same turf, and the NFL is looking into that as to whether or not it was the turf that was uh, the problem. But Pittsburgh played the Giants the Monday night of week one, and they didn't have any injury problems. So who knows? I think that's something that you kind of have to take into account is, you know, have the fields been maintained during all this? One and two, you know, are the players doing what they were supposed to in the offseason? You know, is that a reason why we're seeing so many injuries? I mean, this past week felt like an anomaly. Yeah, That was the word, the scuttlebutt, if you will. What scuttlebutt looks like. Anyway. The scuttlebutt on that <laughs> is that it was the lack of conditioning and a lack of a preseason. Like, but I don't buy into that because there's a there's a shit ton of guys that don't go through preseason anyway. They sit around there in their sweatpants on the sideline, you know, bullshitting with the coach half the time. It's they're not going through that. So I don't I don't think there's any merit to that. Yeah, yeah. And then you see a guy like Big Ben. I mean, he looked, you know, hefty to say the least with that big beard and everything, but he dropped weight quick. Mm-hmm. to get in shape yeah. so um yeah to your point i don't know if i don't know if that has something to do with it but either way we have a good slate of games coming up um i don't know if you guys want to get into it but we were talking a lot before the show um there's some i mean the falcons bears is one that sticks out to me right away um the falcons are minus three and a half at home against the bears hold on i gotta put a disclaimer out there if you're listening right now if you don't like money then shut us the hell down right now, okay? Turn us off. Don't even waste your time. If you don't like money, shut us down. Everybody else, yeah, listen up. By the way, Devil and I, we had an eight, what was it, eight weeks in a row where we were in the green last year, something like that, maybe 10 weeks in a row? I think you're embellishing slightly, but I do believe it was seven. Okay, I'll take seven. 
We were trying for eight. We didn't quite make it. So we've got to come clean on that. But, yeah, we had seven consecutive weeks of winners last year. We have that to our, to our fame. Here's the thing about the NFL. A lot of things have changed this year because there are no fans in the stands. And I heard an interesting stat not long ago that last year only 52% of home teams won their games. So they talk about the home field advantage and what a great advantage it is and how much Vegas and others have often put into that home field. And I've got a theory, if you guys will allow me to go there. Always. Please. I remember growing up way back when, Brian, you were in the same era, at least part no, of No, don't put that well, on me. No, you were way before me. All right, a little, a little part <laughs> of the era. Let's, let's go back to the 70s, mid-70s to late 70s. Yeah, I was a... You were you were a young guy. I was still an egg, maybe. I don't yep. know. You guys were you guys were were younger. <laughs> so but, go ahead, ancient Frankie. Lay it on us. Here's where the the thinking came from, in my opinion. Back then, you had stadiums that were vastly different, fields that were vastly different. When you went to Cleveland, you played at the Rock Pile. You played on a bad field in a huge stadium. Uh, when you went to Pittsburgh, St. Louis, there were cart you know cutouts. For the infield of baseball teams, there were varying degrees of difference in air travel. When teams would travel, they wouldn't maybe always stay in the best hotels back then. Teams were looking to save money. I would argue right now that it's never been easier to play on the road, especially with COVID and no fans in the stands. Mm. I would argue it's never been easier. And every year you've seen the home team percentages come down in terms of how much they win. And the reason for that, in my opinion, is the stadiums now are all plush. Mm. The fields are all fantastic. You don't go look at what opened recently in in uh, Vegas, the stadium, Allegiant Stadium, and SoCal Stadium out in and in L.A. I mean, these are billion-dollar facilities. Cathedrals. Cathedrals, and and the locker rooms are immaculate, and yes. the, and the hotels that the teams stay at are better than anything that most families will ever see. So the idea of traveling now and the idea of the type of stadiums, the type of fields teams are playing on, I think it's easier than ever to play on the road. And I think maybe Vegas is starting to adjust point spreads in part because of that. And as the numbers are proving, fewer and fewer home teams are dominating, and it's it's evening out a bit. I think that's a great point. And I, I am old enough to remember when it seemed to me there was always a handful of NFL teams, to your point, Frankie, is had a baseball field on them the whole month of September. Yeah. Because they're sharing with, with base. So you're right. The varying degrees of fields and what you've got and, and just from quality, let alone the differences, certainly. That, that's a very valid point. I like a lot. I think there's too much. I'm thinking that while you were while you were delivering that eloquent soliloquy. I was thinking, you know, he's right. They're putting too much emphasis on the home teams. And that's kind of – I feel in this shortened season, shortened preseason everything, more than ever, now is the time that you bet product. You don't bet teams because of where they're playing. You're betting because you just bet on the best team week in and week out, and you're going to be okay. And I think the veteran coaches have a big advantage here. If I'm going to be stuck in this kind of shitstorm of an environment we got, then I'm going to be well aware of I want to go through it with guys that have been through it, if you know what I mean. Don't give me a stockbroker that's never seen a recession before. Give me the only guy who's seen the recession before. I think the coaches, experienced coaches, like a Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, have an advantage because they got their guys, they got their systems, they have everything in place. And these new coaches just coming in, I mean, it's tough enough being a first-year coach somewhere. Now throw in these circumstances and you're really being set up to fail. So I think you got to look at those things when you're betting. Yeah, that's a good point. I like um, I like what you said about the young coaches kind of having maybe a disadvantage. But, I mean, we're seeing a team like the Arizona Cardinals 
they're kind of a, a volatile team to bet on. Like, do you bet on the second-year quarterback and the, the newish head coach and Josh McDaniels, you know? Or not Josh McDaniels. What's the name? In Arizona? Yeah, Cardinals head coach. The new uh, Kingery. Kingery. Like, yeah. Chris Kingery, I think, or Chris... <laughs> Chris Kingles, I, I I don't remember his name now that you, you mentioned. I it. don't either. Well, <laughs> folks, this bit started out with boy, let the jet flounder a little bit. Frankie came to his rescue, and I'm thinking, no, don't do it, Frankie. And then guess what? Frankie did some floundering. Now they're both squandering their phones and jet. Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, I was close. I was close. <laughs> I was close with Why did a, I say with, Josh McDaniel? With a K, I was close. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. But you know, the other part of this is as we head into week three, the the other thinking on this is the 2-0 and how tough it is to get to 3-0. And in the NFL, you see it over and over again, teams getting off to a good start. And it's so hard to win three games in a row in the NFL because now all of a sudden everybody's everybody's got tape. Everybody's seen the first two games. So teams are now better prepared. This year without preseason, there was no preparation for coaches. But now you've got two games that you're able to, to, to go to school on and you wonder – all these two and O teams are feeling really good right now, but to get to three and O, it's a big hurdle to get over. And every week it becomes tougher and tougher to keep that that goose egg in the loss column. And and it's it, it, we're going to see either Baltimore or Kansas City get a blemish this week because they play head to head on Monday night. Right. So it's always amazing to me after like week four or five in the NFL, there's like one undefeated team, and that's how tough it is to win in the NFL week after week after week. So this is a, a watershed kind of weekend where you have to – you really start to see the teams that go from 2-0 and to 3-0, and those are the really good teams. So that would be the any given Sunday theory, which is absolutely true. And in the NFL, more than, more than ever, I think, any given Sunday, even the worst NFL teams – I mean, you look at Detroit, uh, and, and I think there are three coaches who are right now coaching for their, their job. You've got – the Jets and Gase, and you've got the uh, two other teams that are 0-2, Patricia at Detroit. And, uh, you know, not only are they they maybe coaching for their jobs, but, uh, uh, you know, you might see another coach or two uh, on the hot seat as well if they go to 0-3. So a lot of this could could uh, work its way out here in the next week or two. And I mentioned Gase and, and Patricia, but uh, there are others out there too uh, who might also be in trouble. Well, you bring up a good point. Another coach that, you know, is probably coaching for their job right now is Dan Quinn with the Falcons. You know, that brings us to a good talking point. The Falcons are minus three and a half right now um, at home against the Bears. Um, The Bears are 2-0. The Falcons are 0-2. Kind of hitting on both those trends you were talking about, Frankie. Yeah, I think that Atlanta is – their offense has been terrific. They they should have beat Dallas. They scored 39. How often do you score? They are the first team. uh, The statistic was made uh, 444 NFL games had gone by. (laughs) 444 games had gone by. A team scored 39 points and didn't turn the ball over. No turnovers. They're the first team in 445 teams with a similar scenario to lose the game. Oh, wow. So what does that tell you about where Atlanta is? They, Their offense is clicking, and, and you would think that they're going to come out this week to try to save save the coach's job and, and, and get in the win column. Yeah, well, it's interesting because Dan Quinn is known as like a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. You, know you know what they, he should be known as? Tell me. A guy who blows leads left and right for God's sake! For giving him for the Super Bowl, you're down twenty-eight to three in the third quarter. You come back? What? 
Let me tell you what. That guy should have been gone after the Super Bowl. <laughs> the day after the Super Bowl, he should have been fired. He blows leads. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Yeah. It would be tough to be a Falcons fan right now. Yeah. If you're a Falcons fan, you have to guard your eyes when the defense and the special teams are on the field. Watching Matt Ryan and the offense, they've, they've been terrific. So uh, they've got a lot of work to do on defense. But uh, you're right. Atlanta is a team that uh, I would back this week as, uh, as a team that should do very well. That offense is clicking. Mm-hmm. I mean, off air, Frank, you and I both coincidentally mm-hmm. said we stumbled into Calvin Ridley on fantasy squads, and that mm-hmm. dude's been like He's a beast. number one receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they're there, and that's not to mention Julio Jones and Todd Gurley now. Yeah. I mean, so certainly they, I, then that's what I'm saying. I, I think they need to change of direction. A season like this, bring somebody in there. Who knows? With that offense and that veteran quarterback, maybe you could become a contender. But not with Mr. Blow the damn 28 to 3 in a Super Bowl league guy. No. Other games this week, switching gears that, uh, that could prove to be interesting. I, I don't know about uh, the Buffalo Bills. They're off to a 2-0 start. They're hosting the L.A. Rams this week. I think that could be a really fun game to watch. And uh, a lot of people aren't sold on Goff yet. A lot of people aren't sold on Allen yet. But those two quarterbacks going head-to-head this week, I think it's a an interesting game. I, I think Buffalo has p- benefited from playing two bad teams, having played the Jets and the Dolphins. I think the Rams are, are legit. I really think they, they look very good. I think the Rams could win that game. Really? So you're you're mm-hmm. on the golf you're on thinking golf's gonna the put way, it together? The way they're playing and the way they're they're able to move the ball and, and they beat Dallas in week one, they won again last week, and they're they're they look to be really good. So I I've gotta qualify this, mm-hmm. Frankie. Folks. I'm a I'm a this Buffalo is, guy. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But yeah. this is like Lou Holtz talking about how great central Mississippi Tech State mm-hmm. was when he was coaching Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Any team that plays Buffalo in Frankie's mind right away gets elevated nine mm-hmm. notches. Here he goes in that Lou Holtz mode. That's why I got a double clap. You're not you're not doing that one, are you? You go the other way. You don't brag about Well, Bills. actually, I just said the two games that the Bills won, I don't think the Jets or the Dolphins are very good. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm thinking they will struggle this week to get to 3-0 and against a good Rams team. So you are not as sold on Allen, at quarterback. Oh, I like Allen. I like Allen. I just don't think this week. We're just going to focus on this game. Let's I just think, do that. Yeah, I, I think I think of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, young quarterbacks, I heard an argument this summer. There was a talk about Allen versus Baker Mayfield. And they're about the same age. Actually, May- Mayfield's a little older than Allen. And their numbers are, are pretty similar. And Allen, I think Allen obviously runs the ball more than Mayfield. Oh, yeah. But I, I would much rather have Jared... Jared Allen than Baker Mayfield. I don't know about you guys. I am all over Allen. In fact, that Goff is the guy I got to. You got to convince me long term. Yeah. Because yeah. Goff seems like one of those guys. If he's in the system with really good talent, he'll be really good. Yeah. But I don't know if he's good enough to stick back there and have him carry an offense. Mm-hmm. Allen, possibly. Yeah. How about that run that Josh Allen had? Do you guys mm-hmm. see that? I did. That was awesome. Yeah. He's 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 got a lot of capabilities and he, he's dangerous. Got the arm strength. Yep. Kind of got the whole package. Yeah, I'm not sold on him either yet, but I think he's getting better and better. And you know, as far as Baker Mayfield goes, I think the Browns are uh, they're nowhere near where they should be. They went out and got arguably the best wide receiver in the league last year. Remember everybody talked about Odell Beckham Jr. as he was the, the, the next greatest thing of all time at wide receiver. And, Who? One yeah, catch. Exactly. He had, <laughs> had one really big catch. Wait a minute, is that that freak show that ran around and like yeah. had intimate relations with kicking nets, that guy? No, that's the guy that gave out cash to LSU players after the national championship, I think. There oh. you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm looking at that matchup. Speaking of these people, the Washington football team mm-hmm. against 
the Cleveland Browns for the Roto-Rooter clean your septic tank game. How did we play? (laughs) What do you say, Frankie? Well, I think the the Washington football team benefited in week one against an Eagles team that has proven that they're struggling right now. So uh, Cleveland against Washington this week, that's a a flip of the coin. That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. Cleveland is is minus seven at home against the – Skins, you know it's interesting during this or time. Washington dur- football team, excuse right, me. Right, right. <laughs> during this time of COVID, a lot of people are are wondering about the social distancing and being six feet away from people. Yeah. And a good a good yardstick, if you need to to know what what a good yardstick is, just look at every pass that Baker Mayfield throws. <laughs> it's about six feet away from the intended target, so that's good social distancing if you're a Browns fan. Yeah, just pretend you're the ball of an errant Baker Mayfield pass. Exactly. There's okay. your six feet usually. You want a clear violation of social distancing. Mm-hmm. Check out the video where the ass tried to get over on cops down there in Oklahoma and they tackled Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. That's a great video to watch. YouTube that one. Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield tackled by police. Just in case. That's, that's not what you do for social distancing. No. Right. No, that's absolutely true. But so is the consensus for this game, the Browns versus the Washington football team, is it stay away from it? Yeah, I have no interest in that thing. Like I said, I couldn't stand the smell of it. I wouldn't watch. I wouldn't watch it if it were the only game on. I'm afraid. It's one of, it may be the only game on on Sunday, but uh, yeah, those are two teams going. I don't think they're going very far this year. So yeah, we'll we'll flush that one. And as far as all you fans out there of the Washington football team, we apologize to all six of you remaining. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're the one team not not really bothered by the uh, the lack of crowd because they're they're getting used to that. They've been used to that, so yeah, not the having... cutouts actually make it look more exciting yeah. than a real FedEx field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Washington football team, they are one and one. Um, that's one more win. A hey, hey, move enough. Yeah, okay, enough. Spray the Lysol and let's get out of the Yeah, bathroom. yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying hey, to do. <laughs> the they have more wins than the Vikings right now, who are zero and two. You know, hitting back to Frankie's point, oh. the the Vikings. Well, the Titans are actually favorites on the road. They're minus two and a half heading to Minnesota. Wow. Two and oh against Owen two. And again, Minnesota, a team that I don't think is they're better than they've shown. I, I think Minnesota's gonna break into the win column this week. I really do. Me too. I think that is a Benji bet. That's a, a Benji bet. bet. That is absolutely the one, yes. I mean, you throw in the two and oh versus zero and two, and then like you said, Frankie, who have they played? And the Vikings are certainly Dynamic. I mean, they they got tough defense. They have, Got yeah. Good. I mean, that's that's one, folks. I'm not going to even sell you any yarn of goods. Just take Minnesota, right? I think so. The Vikings. I, you know, at some point, Cousins has to wake up, and and Dalvin Cook's a pretty good running back. And I don't know what happened last week, but they didn't show up to play. So yeah. uh, they need to get moving fast in in Minnesota. So we'll see if it happens this week. But I would say Minnesota's. Uh, bound to bounce back. Let's put it that way. All right, we're releasing a pick early then. Minnesota, <laughs> plus two and a half. Benji bet. Definite Benji bet. <laughs> well, Devil, speaking of Benji bets, you know, I think we have another one that we might come to a consensus on. The Seahawks are at home against Seattle. The- yep, they are in Seattle. <laughs> Take Seattle. And they are minus four and a half against the Cowboys. Mm. Three of us were in consensus <laughs> early, saying Seahawks. Dallas, where that line should be, maybe a little bit higher, but Dallas is 2-0. Should they be? Hell no, but they are. So that affects the line. Frankie, I'll let you go on from there. But Well, Seattle normally at home is a great 
dominant team. They don't have the fans, and we saw them this past week struggle at the end. New England almost came back and beat them. And let's not forget Dallas came back charging hard last week to win a game. So I don't know. I, I think Seattle is it's amazing how Vegas has these things. They know a lot in Vegas. Let's let's put it that way. And the fact that it's at what five and a half, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half. Yeah, I, I uh, gift. Yeah, that's what you would think. But it it they didn't do uh, they didn't have much of a gift against the Patriots. They only won that by five. And Dallas is not the Patriots. Not the Patriots, but maybe maybe this year they're better than the Patriots. I don't know. But I will say, if if uh, given the choice, I probably would jump on Seattle too, especially knowing they're at home. But again, how much does that mean this year? So do we have two yeah. two and a half out of three because I'm like you, Devil. I am all on board on Seattle and Russell Wilson oh, this year. Oh, don't let Frankie kid you. When his <laughs> money's flying out of his wallet, along with the moths coming out of that damn thing, trust me, he's betting it on Seattle too. Well, I'm really not wagering at all, so I, I'm just providing information. But I, I would for say for entertainment purposes only. Correct. I would say we don't know that. I would say in week three of the season, it really the COVID stuff and not having fans in the stands is is hard to get a feel. It really is. It, it is. is the home te- the home team it advantage. Is. It's really hard to get a feel for, and you see teams like Atlanta and Seattle getting leads and letting them kind of get away. And you wonder how much of that is not having the fans there to kind of put the hammer down on teams. But you know, I think we're overcomplicating that one. Who do you want? Hmm. You want Russ Wilson or you want Dak Prescott? Yeah. Who do you want? Yeah. I'm riding with Russ. Well, and if you're riding with Dak, you're saying, hey, that's that's a lot of points to be throwing around in a, in a game on a, you know, a a game that won't have fans in Seattle. That's the time you want to play Seattle with no fans in the stands. If you have to go there. Yeah, you lose the 12th man. Yeah, you do. Good point. Yeah, you do. I mean, that is a raucous place to play, certainly, on a Mm -hmm. normal situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that is a big deal. And Dallas's defense was banged up in week one, and I think they're getting a little bit healthier. So that may may play into it also. But, uh, again, you can can look at a lot of things. But but, uh, who's the better team? I think Seattle is the better team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Me too. That's why I'm going to make this simple. Take Seattle. Take the Seahawks. (laughs) Frankie is burying his head. Take the Seahawks. I got to believe that. It's about the product. I mean, they're a better team. The devil is bullish on the Seahawks, to say the least. Yes. You know, another team I think you and I are bullish on, we're biased. If anything ends in gold, we're good with, right? Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. You know, well, they gave us a little scare against the Broncos last scare? week. Scared? They didn't cover it. <laughs> like it is. It was economically unfortunate for me that the Steelers did not cover against the Broncos. And after they knocked out the starting quarterback, I was like, come knocked on. him out of the game. Oh, jump out to that lead. I'm like, it's a lock. Oh, it's a lock. Where am I going for dinner tonight? Where am I getting Blue Point oysters at? Yeah. And then they didn't cover, to your point. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so I get that. But, yeah, I love the Steelers this week because I'm not big on Houston. I mean, that's part of it is I know who they're playing. I know what the strengths and weaknesses are. And that Steelers defense against Houston's offense going two time zones to play in Pittsburgh, i got to be all over Pittsburgh, minus four and a half. Is that what the line is now? The line is minus three and a half. Well. Even better. There you go. Give me a Benji. Give me a Franklin. I'll okay. Put 100 on that right you now. You like that as a Benji bet? Frankie? You know, I, I 
earlier it talked about the home field aspect and the two and zero trying to get to three and zero aspect, and I'll bring up another another aspect: how much the NFL is a quarterback league, and how much the quarterbacks affect teams in the NFL. It's it's remarkable how. Oh yeah. You know, you look at team success and if you don't have a court it's very rare that a Ryan Tannehill comes along and and what he did last year was was surprising. But bo- most of the time it all hinges on the quarterback. And Pittsburgh is the team that is the shining example of that. If you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers are a much different team. And you saw how how much he affects games. And last week against Denver, he did enough. They 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 won the game. It wasn't pretty, but um, you know, in, in any game with all the injuries we're seeing, if the quarterback goes down, everything changes. Sure. Yeah. So. And on the flip side, especially with the Texans, I mean, mm. who else does do the Texans have right now other than Who's backing up Deshaun Sean. Watson? Yeah. yeah. It's it's not Matt Schaub anymore. I think he's backing up Brian in Atlanta. But yeah, whoever is <laughs> the backup there, for all I know, it could be Marcus Mariota or somebody like that. But, yeah, it's uh, Houston has has a lot of issues if they don't have Deshaun Watson, that's for sure. He's a one-man gang. Mm -hmm. And also, that's why I love the black and gold, everybody. That defense. Here we go. All right? Yeah, because there's not a lot around him right now. The season started. He's gone. Don't forget the season started with Kansas City against Houston on a Thursday night two weeks ago. And Houston stuck around a lot longer than I thought they would. And Houston, I think, has a... Has a way of doing that, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's that's a runaway, but I, I think Houston's better than advertised. Let's put it that way. They're not good, but they're not terrible either. I think they're going to run into defenses that have the ability to have a spy on Watson, like a Devin Bush for the Steelers, mm. and I think that's going to be a huge impact to Houston's offense. Offense. And that's the thing. You, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben's job is very simple, and he can do it much better than the clowns they juggled in there last year with an improved receiver corpse, mind you. But Ben's job is this. Don't turn it over. You know, where Ben has five receivers running out there, but he checks down to the sixth one. And it's that stupid pick. That always keeps the team in. And to you, that, that's the only thing on Pittsburgh that scares me because the defense, I'm almost like expecting the defense to score or set up a score every game. And that's huge. And Deontay Johnson running around out there now on special teams, the first returner they've had he looked really in the last good. 10 years. Really good. Yeah, they got special teams work. Yeah, two punt return touchdowns called back on penalties. We sound like a couple homers. You're right, you're right, we do. Let's, let's uh, you know what, what's the consensus here, Devil? I'm taking the Steelers. Frankie? <laughs> Minus three and a half. Well, I, you know what, If if again, if I were a gambler, I would probably take the Steelers as well. But agreed. But I don't think it's the slam dunk that maybe you make it out to be. Maybe not a Benji bet. Mm. Maybe throw a grand on it. Mm. Yeah, all right. And maybe you check your testicles at the door next time. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Benji. Steelers minus three and a half. They didn't mm. cover last week. Okay? Mm. They're not two and oh against the spread. They're one and one against the spread. So according to all the wonderful theories about two and oh teams, Frankie, mm-hmm. take the Steelers, everybody. Mm-hmm. They're not a two and zero team against the spread. They're due. Yeah, but the two and zero thing isn't about spread. It's about wins and losses. And the Steelers are two and zero, and Houston, I believe, is zero and two. Correct. Yep, they are zero and two. That's a game I'd be real leery of because you got, you got a desperate team. Yep, and you got a team hanging in there. You yep. Know? But you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the grizzly bear over the desperate squirrel mm-hmm. every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Steelers minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about our other goal team. Please. 
Well, last year, we said it all the time. We were Packer backers. I don't think they let us down. No. <laughs> this comes the tagline is we've stayed from black and gold faithful to green and gold financial. Yeah. I mean, Packers have been good to us, Frank. We bet them last year, and they were key. And, and I don't see it. I'm surprised about this line. Let, let's put this out there one more time. Here. Yeah, so the Packers are heading to New Orleans to play the Saints. The New Orleans are favorites, minus three. Frankie, I'll let you open with that one. Well, everybody's down on the Saints because of what happened Monday night against the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Saints, mind you, were, not, were without Michael Thomas, their top wide receiver, okay. maybe one of the top receivers in, in the league. And there was a, a lot of emotion for the Vegas team. It was their first game in Vegas, new you stadium. Should, you should have seen him, folks. I got to cut into him and say, when Frankie was able to say Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders. for the first time on record here yeah. today, he, he beamed up and paused. Exactly. <laughs> you notice that. So it is cool. Again, I never thought I'd see the day where Vegas had a pro football team. For all those years, the NFL battled the whole stigma of gambling and here's an NFL team in Las Vegas. But, you know, the Saints are going to be okay. I don't think there's any reason to jump off the Saints just yet. They're still Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. He's going to get Michael Thomas back eventually. Um, the mm. Packers have been scoring a whole lot of points, but who have they been scoring against? Uh, Minnesota, or was it D- Detroit uh, in Week One? Um, yeah, it was, the, it was the Vikings in Week One. Yep, Vikings yep, and then Detroit. You're right. They scored 43 against the Vikings and then 42 against Detroit. And were both of those games in Green Bay? The Packers were on the home against the Vikings, and they were, or they were on the road against the Vikings at home against the okay. Lions. So now yeah. they go, they go to New Orleans on Sunday night to play the Saints. Is that correct? Everybody needs to hit pause, rewind this thing. Didn't we just say the home team doesn't mean that much, partner? Well, that's true, but I'm just saying I, I think the Saints are. Uh, I don't think they're the team that you jump off of just yet, and yeah. I and I think the Packers being two and zero. And the Saints coming off a loss, I would be I'd be more apt to say this is the Saints week. Okay. To, to bounce back. Well, I don't know what an apt is. I know apps are on my phone. But apt means so who are you taking? You taking the Saints? Is that what I'm getting out of this? I who would are you picking. If I were a gambler. I'm not a, I'm just saying who are you picking? I would say that the Saints would probably win the game. Yes. So Saints for all of you that are gamblers out there. <laughs> Saints on the money line, okay? That's what that's what Frankie's saying, you know? He's he's saying, and I get that, you know, and that 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 I understand. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand. And I'll tell you, you made a very valid point with Drew Brees, though. And quite frankly, it's not 24 hours late. I'm still a jilted person that lost some really good hard-earned investment coins. On Drew Brees' arm last night mm. as the Raiders pulled. Seth blows a lead. Mm-hmm. Doesn't score. Mm-hmm. Saints put 17 points on the board up and down the field. Mm-hmm. Kamara's running all over people. Now, like you said, though, Michael Thomas, you take anybody's number one away, especially when that anybody is 42 years old and needs Viagra for his throwing <laughs> arm, okay, which is all true. Trust me, there's a lot wrong with Drew Brees. He's 42. I'm 40-something. Hmm. And I'm telling you, it happens quick year by year. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so I don't need to be an NFL quarterback to know that. I we get all... it. They, but so you need a guy like Michael Thomas, and he can become the Drew Brees again. Yeah. I believe that just, just off of the Michael Thomas factor. But in this one. We all know your check engine light is on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a manufacturer defect. There's mm-hmm. nothing to do with reality. Nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't think it's on Drew Brees yet. I, I don't think it's time to check the engine yet. I still think he's got some some good games in him, and I I think it could start at home this this weekend. But okay, you know the Saints are are a good team. Up and down, and and when they, they get are. Thomas back, and and having Emmanuel Sanders, I, I think he's got some targets. I just don't know what happened against the Raiders. It was almost like. Vegas was destined to win that game. It was a very strange second half. It was. Yeah, it and, really was. But, and that's, but again. Penalties absolutely killed killed the Saints. There were some really bad penalties. I believe and, the total was 158 yards to 20. Yeah, yeah, and normally it's the opposite with the Vegas Raiders and as it was in Oakland. They were a team that was uh, more apt to kill themselves by penalty uh, than, than a lot of NFL teams. But – yeah. Last in the last game Monday night, I mean they the Vegas, Vegas looked uh, they played played a clean game and they found a way to win. So good for them. Well, and as you said before, we might as well be talking about the Raiders teams of the past or anybody of the past. We might as well take the rearview mirror and snap it off this season. Yeah, the past and the histories and traditions and the, and the trends really don't add up, which is why it's a free for all, if you will. Yeah. So yeah, so Frankie's got so you're going to be the decider here, Jen. Frankie's on on New Orleans. I'm on Green Bay. Sure. That's tough. I love Alvin Kamara. I love Drew Brees. Drew Brees has given me Peyton Manning in his last year vibes. I'm okay with saying that. But? I like the Packers. <laughs> I'm a Packer. <laughs> Packer. <laughs> it's probably emotionally jaded because we've cashed in with the green gold. So there you go. But yeah, so Jet and the Devil are taking the Packers plus three and a half. Frankie's going with the Saints on the money line. There you go, folks. Hey, how about it? How about this? Look back. We all can win that game, by the way. No, oh, yeah. Look yeah. back in history on this, though. Home team in a primetime game, three and a half. You said is the line. Yeah, three. Home team getting three or three and a half in a, in a primetime game. Which side normally does that swing to? No, the Saints are the favorite. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, but okay. I mean, any game with three is... Oh, I got you. Did, yeah. Normally, you're going to find the home team being more of a favorite. I'm sorry, you confused me because yeah. I thought three minutes ago, I said, I don't give a damn about traditions or history, and all of a sudden, you're throwing <laughs> a trend at me from history. Frankie <laughs> brings up some good points, though. I, for uh, me... He's the master. He no, is no. the master. Well, I, I think that, that. Um, this might not be a Benji bet. Throw a grand on it. What do you think, Devil? You could throw Ulysses Grant on it. Okay. Sure you could. Okay. Well, you know, moving on to another primetime game, one that I think we're all looking forward to is the Chiefs-Ravens. I mean, that could be your potential AFC championship matchup. Two great young quarterbacks. I mean, that's that's going to be an awesome game. Well, it has all the makings of an awesome game. Will it be an awesome game? That's the problem. You never know. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. The Chiefs, both weeks, to me, haven't looked like last year's Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They've been able to win. Thanks to Harrison Butker nailing a 58-yarder in dramatic fashion last week. I believe it was three of them. Right, having oh, to, yeah. to do it over and over <laughs> again. And in week one, as I said, they were a little bit, I thought, looked a little lethargic against Houston. But you know what? Baltimore's defense is terrific. And Lamar Jackson on a national stage, on a Monday night game, uh, it's interesting to see how that's going to go. I, I happen to, again, say the home team – is the team we saw with the Vegas Raiders on Monday night, the home team. Uh, even though we don't put a lot or as much stock in the home teams this year, I I just think that Baltimore is uh, is ripe to, to get a win in that one. Well, there's one thing about home teams, too. They're comfortable. There is no denying that the home team is more comfortable. 
And that's a tough situation to sit around all day long for a primetime game that starts at 8 o'clock at night when you're the opposing team. What do you do with your time? Mm. I know what to do. You're in hotels. You're in things like... Frankie, we've seen this on the road as sportscasters. They're they're in ballrooms at hotels, going through walkthroughs, and then breaking for lunch, and then spending time in a room with some other guys and hanging out. But it's anything but comfortable. You know, the home guys they're they're all chilling and doing their own thing. So there is a degree of that I think that plays into the primetime games. In this particular game, wow! I mean, this is this yeah potentially this is going to be one hell of a game. I really don't. I just feel this. I play the Kansas City Chiefs every week, okay? And the fact that they're getting points makes me ecstatic. I play them every week no matter what because I feel the Kansas City Chiefs, they're better than I am. Andy Reid is way smarter than I am, and I bet on him, and I say, you know what? That guy and these Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are going to win more than they lose against the spread this year. They're going to be 11-5 and or better against the spread. I am not smart enough to differentiate which games to bet on them and not bet on them. No one's going perfect in spread. They might go 12-4. and four. I'm not smart enough to figure it out, so I'm going to bet them every week, and that way at the end of the season, look if I cash in. It's a system play. That's how I feel about the Chiefs. I don't feel great about this game because Baltimore has just impressed the hell out of me. you got two mastermind Super Bowl guys like Harbaugh and Reed on the sides. Kidding me? you got Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, the two marquee quarterbacks right now at the NFL. I still don't understand how Lamar's doing it. I still don't get it. He signed a deal with somebody, and I don't know about it. I don't get it. They didn't fill you in on that one, Double? No. He's not smart enough for me. How do you get 11 on a one lick, and all of a sudden, he's the second-best quarterback <laughs> in the NFL? It's amazing. But you know what? I was wrong. Lamar is awesome, and so are the Ravens. Well, well, even if you if you so take— I don't like the game, but I'm going to take the Chiefs because they're getting points, man. Yeah. Chiefs plus three and a half. Well, even if you take the Chiefs, I mean— you know, might be looking too into this, but even if the Justin Tucker hits a game-winning field goal, you still win because it's minus three and a half, right? So, you know, the Ravens could win. You could still win on this. That's true. That's true. And and it's uh, it's a kind of game that could very well be just a field goal difference. That's how good these two teams are, and it could be another AFC championship game preview. But oh, I, I mean, I hope it's as good as advertised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me personally, I'm. I know you have qualms against this devil. I'm taking the over fifty-three. I'm rooting for the over big time. I want to see a shootout in this one. I want to see Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes throw for like 10 touchdowns combined. I would agree, except Baltimore's defense, I think, is is a, a tough team to do that against. And, and the way the Chiefs have been playing, they haven't been running up and down the field. They didn't, didn't do that last week, and they really didn't do that against Houston either. Um, so... Would you also agree that Kansas City's defense is at least improved? Yeah, I think so. From the Super Bowl team yeah, last year? I agree. Okay, so... Yeah, that's why I'm kind of I'm committed to Kansas City all season yeah. long. But for those of you that so if you want to get on board and you want to take them every game the rest of the way, then I advocate Kansas City plus three and a half. Mm. But if you're looking to pick and choose, this is not a game I would I would want to uh, I would want to touch. You know, it's funny. This takes me into a next uh, shift gears here. Now that we've talked about all these NFL games and about the the Benjamins and the Grants that you two have been talking about, and <laughs> and how we have football back because I've, I've been doing a little bit of reading about. Let's face it, the NFL is back in this time of COVID because of money and television money, yeah. and the amount of money that's that's changing hands weekly certainly is is large when it comes to the gambling aspect of it the the uh, of course high the f- sports high risk investment right and and let's not forget fantasy the fantasy football teams oh, yeah. that are out there and 
even though teams, Bill Bidwell was the owner of the Arizona Cardinals for a long time. He often said, I don't have to even open my gates to, to fans to make money in the NFL because of television. And make no mistake, the NFL is back because of television money. So I, I did a little, a little research on this. And, and beginning next year, a lot of the big contracts are up for the networks for the NFL. And Is this like CBS, Fox? Or, yes. Okay. Yes. And where we are right now with the current contracts, they're expecting the numbers to go up even more. That's how popular the NFL is. For instance, the Monday night package that it currently is owned by ESPN and is for, I believe, this year and next year, ESPN is paying $1.9 billion a year for the Monday night package. $1.9 billion. For 17 games? For 17 games. Holy cow. Okay. The AFC Sunday package that is owned by CBS right now, they are paying $1.09 billion for the right to carry Sunday CBS games. Okay, AFC games on CBS. $1.08 billion is what Fox is paying for Sunday broadcasts. And then the two, this is, I think is the biggest bargain of them all, Sunday night football. NBC is only paying $960 million a year. Only $960 million a year. Wow. And the Thursday night package, which is currently owned by Fox, they are paying presently $660 million for the Thursday night package. So when you combine all of this up, you're talking about over $5 billion that the NFL is pulling in. Just on TV rights. Just on television rights. And it's only going to go up. And it's remarkable to me. I'll lay another statistic on you from last year. And I'll let you both guess before I give you the answer to this one. If you take the NFL and you look at it as, as you compare it to all of television, if you take the top 50 ranked television programs last year, if you take the top 50, how many of them, of those top 50, do you think were NFL broadcasts? Take a guess. Ooh. Out of the top 50 rankings, television Ooh. ratings, tell me how many you think of the top 50 were NFL game broadcasts. 38. I'm going 28. The answer is 41 out of 50. Wow. The top 50 programs, 41 of them were NFL games. And that includes the Super Bowl, of course, and the AFC and the NFC Championship game. But, but still, you're talking about many other just random Sunday games. Those are the highest-ranked games on television. So if you're looking at money uh, and the reason that the NFL is playing, and they will be playing come hell or high water, uh, the money that's at stake here oh, is sure. just ridiculous, and it's only going to get higher. And all the folks out there, unfortunately, you have a lot of people who are who are saying they're boycotting the NFL. Ratings don't mean anything; they really don't. They they they, they know what the yeah, rating. Right. They really know what, what the ratings. What else do you watch? And how much Netflix crap, Tiger King crap you don't watch? Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, college football is so disjointed with this conference playing and that conference not playing. This one may not. I got it. So we're so starved for sports. I don't think this is going to go down either. I agree with you. The NFL has a built-in a built-in fan base, male, female, young, old, white, black, Asian, whatever whatever demographic you want to talk about. The NFL dominates, and it's amazing how the money follows that domination. And 
it's only getting bigger and it's only getting better and the stadiums are opening that are costing four and five billion dollars each and you just wonder once COVID's over if the fans because the one area that the NFL is struggling in is attendance they're having trouble selling tickets because it's so easy to sit at home on your couch on a big oh, yeah. screen TV on a Sunday yeah. and enjoy the football game. And not always easy to take your family of five to the stadium and have some drunk asshole throw beers at you. So, and, yeah, there's a lot to that. And, and pay to, for a family. And pay $1,000 yeah, to do it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, but, again, as Bill Bedwell said many years ago, Bill Bedwell said that you don't have to open your gates to make money as an NFL owner. So those are some remarkable numbers. and. Yeah. Get ready for a lot of hopefully well, big games this year. Let me ask you this, Frankie. Where do you think, you know, Devil, you said Netflix, Tiger King. Where do where does Netflix, where does Amazon, where does Facebook, where's Twitter, where do they come in? You know, do they make a bid on these television rights? Or? Well, let me tell you about Twitter, okay? At Devil and the Gen. You want to see the best kick-ass videos you'll ever see in your life? Then go to... At Devil and the Gen. Yeah. <laughs> All you Steeler fans, go to... At Devil and Jet. Okay, enough of the self-promo. Now we're going to let the legend talk. Frankie. Well, I, all I can say is you talk about other other entities. Quietly right now, from what I hear, Disney is oh, is Disney. is licking its lips and getting ready for a bid Ooh. on NFL because they want ABC back in the hunt. ABC currently doesn't have football, as you may know. They used to have Monday Night Football. Now it's Sunday night on NBC, Monday night on ESPN. Right. But Disney owns ABC, and they very much want back in. And so they will drive this this number higher and higher, and there are probably others out there. We've seen uh, other cable outlets. Who knows who's going to make a bid? Well, so all these extras, Jen, it sounds like you're saying it's going to drive higher. Higher. Yeah. Only higher. Well, Disney also, I mean, another caveat is they own ESPN. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting to see if they could get a monopoly on. I mean, obviously, wait, they wouldn't wait, get a monopoly on If they the own games. ESPN and they own ABC, clarify why doesn't ABC have the Monday Night Package? Because they weren't willing to pay enough to put it on ABC. They they were able to justify $1.9 billion to put it on ESPN. But the NFL wanted more to put it on, on a national network. And now... Now they realize, I think, having it on ABC is, is uh, there's, there's value to that. And especially if, if you're the NFL, you're also now thinking about options that may not exist right now, like going to a different day or a Saturday night game of the week or, or coming up with different oh, yeah. ideas and pulling in more revenue. So I've always thought that. There's yeah. enough teams. In it, especially and, during and COVID. There's enough of a demand for the NFL. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, when it's COVID starts, I thought that might be part of the plans. Have a different game every night of the week. Yeah, yeah. why not? What well, else are people watching? At least at least a Friday and a Saturday game. Or you would think late in the season when college football normally ends, they go to some Saturday games. Playoff games are sometimes on Saturdays. But they've always done their best to stay away from Friday nights because of high school sure, and, right. and Saturday nights because of college. But that could change. If the money's big enough, if an ABC comes along and says, hey, we want to have a Saturday night game of the week, you know the NFL will be more than happy to free up one game. And most of the time the Thursday night games are not great matchups like this week Miami and Jacksonville you know you you don't often typical see typical Thursday night game yeah, matchup yeah even right. even That's the a color rush game yeah <laughs> you just have a lot of games that on Thursday night because they're only paying 660 million dollars a year that's <laughs> that's not enough to make the NFL scheduling department say hey let's put on a, a really good game Patriots Saints on yeah. Thursday night yeah, no, wait exactly. a minute is that what a game suck on Thursday night <laughs> yeah. I, about yeah. I mean that makes they're sense they're not paying enough for it exactly. this is why we bring in the master yeah and uh. but but the other part of that is let's face it if they did pay that kind of money and, and they started to do that then the other properties would start to complain. Wait a minute, that's a game normally we would get on a Sunday night or a Monday night. And so they're trying to make everybody happy. 
But uh, the way it goes with advertising, they're all making money or they wouldn't be paying that kind of money. And you know what happens. You try to make everybody happy. Nobody's happy. No, it costs a lot of money. That's what happens every time. That's true. <laughs> the only way to make everybody happy is a whole lot of money. That's absolutely wow, true. Wow, speaking of money, that was that was enlightening. Thank you, Frankie. That was yeah, that was good. Right? I yeah. mean, I had no idea that because you're right. Sometimes they make it seem like the NFL is down. Mm-hmm. Attendance is the only statistic suffering out there. So. Maybe, maybe some places that's not even suffering. And right now we don't really have that. Maybe people will be right. so anxious after this mess, right, to get back there right. and get out there and do right. anything. So who knows? How many consecutive sellouts have they had at Lambeau Field? How many years do you have to go back? I mean, there are some teams that you don't. It's not even a question that the game is going to be sold out. Sure. Now Jacksonville, some of the other franchises. They're not doing so well. They're having trouble selling tickets, but by and large, they're making plenty of money on ticket sales too. So well, I thought I'd bring that up. That was that was yeah, very good, very good points, speaking points. So we've talked a lot about different things in the NFL. I don't know if you want to switch gears and and at least say that baseball is heading toward the playoffs. Yeah, let's talk about it for a few minutes. Sixteen teams are going to get in, eight from each league. Who are the favorites? The Dodgers have been the favorite all year. They haven't done Ugh. anything. They, they still look really good. The Padres are in the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Jen is a Padres fan. Right. Frankie's a Yankee fan. Yeah. We have a big following on Twitter of Yankees. Sure. Right? Where yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. I've become a uh, faux Yankees so, fan myself. See mm-hmm. that keeping up. So, Frankie, mm-hmm. help me. As I've navigated through life and had to, well, serve as my own legal counsel on a few issues and other things, I've lost track and haven't been able to keep up with baseball as much as I would like. What are the Yankees' prospects? I know they're banged up, and that's a mess. But what are their prospects heading into this playoffs? They've had a roller coaster year. They were down for a long time. They were up. They were down. Now they're back up again. They they're coming off a ten game winning streak. Sounds like baseball. It, it's been baseball in in this COVID season. But uh, yeah, once we get to the playoffs, I don't know what to expect. But they're all those first round games are all best of three, and in a best of three, anything can happen. You have one bad game, and all of a sudden your season can end with one more bad game. So. It's so much about pitching, and and I think I think you look across the board. The teams with the best pitching are, are the ones who are going to, as always, end up winning. And and the Dodgers pitching is is really really good. When you have a guy like, uh, you know, Bueller's very good. Walker Bueller. Oh uh, yeah, Kershaw. Kershaw has not pitched well in the playoffs ordinarily, but he's still Clayton Kershaw. Yep. And you know the Dodgers lineup is so good. It's hard. It's just hard to think that they would get beat again. But again, they've been getting beat a lot in the World Series. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bellinger is batting seventh right now. Right. For the Dodgers, like that's unreal. Like that's it one is. of the best hitters in the game historically, yep. or the past few years. And yeah. He's batting seventh. Yeah. But like you said, Francis, I mean, the Yankee it comes down to arms. Yeah. The Yankees have three good arms. They can roll out there and win a series. Yeah, they do. And so, but the problem is, so Atlanta does, and and the Padres uh, do even. I Padres mean, yeah. do. A lot of teams have good pitching. Yeah, but you're not, you're mentioning National League teams. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who, who yeah. is the favorite right now? In well, the I, I think the best team in the American League is Tampa. It's Tampa. hard to believe, but, but the Rays have surprised a lot is of people. Is Tom Brady playing shortstop for them, too? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not, but... but uh, They're winning games. They win games, and they're, they're fun to watch. The Rays are fun to watch, so... Um, the Rays did that thing with the opener too last year. You mm-hmm. remember that? That kind of changed the way I think managers think about pitching. Yeah. Everybody pitches two innings in right. all star format. You throw right. out a guy for three innings, then you yeah. throw out a guy for five or six, and right. then you throw out your closer. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting way. You know, the team that's also surprising is the Oakland Athletics. They've oh, had yeah. a they've had a really good year too in the American League. So 
Minnesota is the team the Yankees have owned in the postseason. Mm. They probably will play them again this year in the first round. Who knows what happens? But in the National League, I think it's the Dodgers to win. Dodgers, Padres, who knows? Maybe that could be the NLCS this year. But uh, It's not going to be with the bracket. I already checked. Yeah, Padres and Dodgers probably a second-round game, okay. unfortunately, with the yeah. way things are going to fall. But the Padres have the second-best record in the NL, and they're probably yeah. going to end up playing the Dodgers that second round. Yeah. So I think... You know, for me personally, I think the Dodgers, I mean, they could they could lock it up if they get things done. Yeah. Um, the AL is going to be a little bit more fun. Don't look past Atlanta. The Braves are oh, good, yeah. oh, good yeah. too. And the Braves have good pitching. And, and uh, in, the, in the American League, who knows? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a weird, weird postseason as everything has been kind of weird this year in sports. But we'll see. And the NBA and the NHL are, are rounding the corner. They're almost done. And yeah. just in time for their next season to start. I don't know how they're going to do that. Normally those seasons are starting in yeah. October. I don't know how they're going to shift gears from last year to this year. But well, uh, I do. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> they're going to put the crown and hand LeBron the trophy. The Lakers are going to win. Right. And then they're going to shake him and say, okay, wake up. Now you got to go play for real in a new season. Now it's a new season. And then he's going to go get it start of the season. That's how that's going to happen. It could as happen. far as NHL, look, who's still alive in the NHL? We're down to the final two. And they are? Tampa Bay. Your pick. The Tampa is Bay. Is Brady playing for them, too? Uh, Tampa, yeah. They, yeah <laughs> I, what is it with Tampa Bay? What is it? <laughs> I think it's Small Tampa market ba- team. I think it's Tampa Bay and Dallas. Is that right? Is it Dallas Correct. in the in the final? So. Um, Nobody had Dallas. That's why I said you yeah, had Tampa Bay. I did. So I still alive there. Way back when, I, I Listen, picked folks, Tampa. Listen, he says he doesn't know anything about uh, hockey, but I, pre-NHL stuff, he picked the Lightning. I did. Me, I went with Calgary. Yeah. yeah way to yeah. go, Flames. And, and, and who did who did uh, this guy take in, in the uh, when we talked hockey? I want to say I took the Stars, right? Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. You may have. We'll Good have to go for back. me. We'll go to, me. Yeah, we'll have to go back and check that. <laughs> no, if he doesn't know it, I'm yeah, not going to say Go me. <laughs> I do remember saying Tampa, though, so I feel good about yeah. that, even though I don't know anything about it. Well, I'm not sure who he took, but I know one thing. None of us bet on him <laughs> or picked the NHL other than to pick a Stanley Cup winner. So right. Yeah. Good on you. Well, I also, by the way, last show we did, I also threw out Bryson DeChambeau's name at the at the end. Wow, Remember about that oh, about the golfing okay. and no, who I, and who just won a golf tournament? Who has been the guy this year in golf? Listen and, to the master. I, you know, there's some <laughs> things here that I threw out last time that that proved to be true. So, Damn uh, it. Bryson Tampa Bay Lightning, he scores. Okay, <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau, he crushes a 360 yard drive. Frankie did pick, he did mention the name. He I didn't did. go so far as to say U.S. Open, but he pictured no. him as the one golfer, the one, yeah. and threw up in the fact yeah. I'm supposed to know something about That's, golf, and he that, threw up Shambeau. I did. And I said, he is transforming, and that was wild to see, and they're already starting to murmur over there at Augusta, mm-hmm. which is talk about weird. I can't wait to see the, oh, yeah. I can't wait to see the Masters in November, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But now they're already murmuring because Shambeau is going to destroy that course and it's the long ball, obviously, but what has to happen, Frank, I'll tell you this, he is putting as well as anybody on tour. Yeah. So you can buy him that length. There's some jabroni construction workers that can hit a T-ball 380, folks. Believe me. I've taken their money. All right? This guy, best putter on tour. So mm-hmm. you combine that ridiculous weapon with that putter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good pick. I look for him as an only favorite Augusta. Well, that? that is why we brought the master Frankie in here. Always. Well, one for sports knowledge, and two, I mean, Devil, you're a two person job. Oh <laughs> man, what are you trying to say? You're a two person job. <laughs> I still don't understand. But nobody can finish our podcast like you. Do you have some wise words for the listeners? Oh, 
when you put me on the spot like that. Yeah, all right. that's well, how you operate best. Listen. All I'm saying is, we are here, headed in October, the fall season. All right. First of all, listen to our picks, make some money, and tell them where you got it. Number one, Frankie, the gent, the Jersey Devil, hooked you up. But number two, on a more serious note. Keep hanging on, all right? We're all going through stuff. We're all in this together. And people keep saying that over and over again. It really doesn't mean anything when you say it. But if you give some thought to it, okay? Get out there and realize. Keep it up because we got more invested in this. We got a lot in the rearview mirror with this COVID crap going on. Sports have come back. We've had setbacks and comebacks already during this COVID thing. So things are on the uptick. Things are trending up. Stay positive. It's always darkest before the dawn. Or whatever the hell else Bon Jovi said. (laughs) I'm the Jersey Devil on behalf of Frankie from Pittsburgh and the Georgia Gentleman. Deuces.